We left off last time, crawling up the wall of Pandora's box, suffering with pain, disease, hunger, poverty, and war. Something we mere mortals call life. But why? I, personally, blame the other contents of this box. Greed, envy, hatred, and lust, we can add. These don't come about naturally, but these are stones dropped onto us by others who have some serious issues with their desire. I can't really blame all my problems on others because I could be throwing stones on myself, a victim of my own design. When talking about how characters developed, I mentioned desire being the heart of character, which I say is also the heart of the problem, of what is happening. What is the problem? When someone's desire is not theirs to desire, plus the actual one who owns this object or objective of desire, and given the opportunity, bam, equals a crime. In law enforcement, this is called the triangle of crime, which consists of desire, target, and opportunity. The foundation of this is, of course, desire. Think about it. Without it, there would be no need to look for a target or an opportunity. Going back to Pandora's room where her strong desire to fiddle with things, What's along happening? with her lack of self-control, led to the release of all that evil. Are you crazy? How did that happen? Ow. What a mess! Are you really that mean? We'll leave these two lovebirds alone and head out the back door. I didn't do it! Visit a victimless crime, so to speak. One that led to his own demise. Now look over there by the creek, in that little pond. You see him laying down? Yes. Let's go speak Hello. with him. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yes. Hi. Hello. Hi. Yeah, excuse me, but you're interrupting my conversation. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking to me. This is Narcissus. From the Greek mythology. No relation to Pandora. He was distinguished by his beauty. In fact, so beautiful that he himself fell in love with his own reflection. So here he is staring at the calm, reflective water. There is a mythological backstory here, but the point of the story is his love for himself led directly to his own death. He never left the pond, didn't eat, didn't dare to drink. I mean, he might disrupt his reflection, I'm sure. And eventually, he died. The term narcissism is a reflection of the story and is used to name a condition of someone who really lacks empathy, who is apathetic and arrogant and selfish. The key element being arrogance. Now, I'm not sure if Narcissus here is arrogant, but he certainly has eyes for himself. Hey, don't listen to him, me. He's a hater. Selfish and arrogance is someone who has no regard for anybody else. This condition, along with ambition, which I suppose would be envy, is greed. Greed is having an appetite that is unquenchable and impossible or unrealistic. He is a true despot of a person. Quick to anger, rash, impulsive, murderous, but not necessarily in any way you can see it, unless you know what you're looking for. That is a dangerous personality, an evil character. If this individual has resources at their disposal and some organizational skills, you are looking at a bona fide tyrant. 
They will stand and sell themselves as a saint to the masses, but in the shadows they are demonic. Again, desire, target, and opportunity are necessary. A study into history reveals these personality traits are behind the most notorious events of mass destruction, at least when it comes to people. This individual is one that will ride on the backs of us climbers, dragging us down or throwing us off, if nothing more than to make them appear as a climber. But in reality, he is an anti-climber. His greed is a false hope. His envy is a false ambition. His lust is his false love. These are all for things which isn't his. His hatred is his false sense of justice when he can't get what he wants. Hatred is desire for death, death of his opponent. I must win. And to them, it's not enough to win. It's that someone else loses. For narcissists here, it's his obsession, not his attraction, that is driving him to drink. Me, you hear that? He thinks he's funny. And Pandora? It was her impulsive curiosity that started that domino effect of all that mess. How could I be mad at you? I love you. You may have recognized the familiar characteristics with yourself and all that and saying, well, that can't be true because I'm not all that evil. Many people have low levels of evil. Actually, 99.9% .9 of us have all those evils at some level, at minimum. We all have the opportunity for this evil. Living in a Western culture, we all have the right conditions for a dark desire to grow. But I have no target, so I'm safe the way I am. Hmm, unless a target or opportunity or both presents himself. Honestly, if you want to avoid being a predator, being evil scum-sucking varmint, change your desires. It's that easy, right? Yes, the heart of the problem for that reptilian freak is in his heart desire. But for the victims, he's after their perception. The goal of the despot is to gain submission. They must have control. And they will do everything they can to keep control. To the ignorant buffoon, one lacking skill or imagination, that may be roughing you up to keep you in fear or under his thumb. To the crafty one, there is a variety of measures they love to engage in. For them, the drama is exciting. The stress and anxiety they cause, it's intoxicating. Making people react, to plead to you, to compromise for you, to kill themselves for you. Power, absolute, total despotic power. How did they get it? They convinced you to give it to them. You give them power. No one can take away your autonomy, your dignity. You can only give it away. Surrender it. But they are crafty, having a master's gift at reading your body language, knowing when to pull back, when to push forward. They are paper dragons, cowards with balloon muscles, but a very sharp split. I'd like to know how one of becomes a dangerous personality. We may not have a time today to get too deep into this, but let's 
Let's leave this dirty place and move into a clean environment, a laboratory, to conduct a controlled experiment. In front of me, I have five perfect androids programmed with precise artificial intelligence. They are all at the mature level of development. If I were to flash a stimuli, a picture of some sort in front of them, they will all act in equal reactions. Why? Because they don't have any juicy backstory. So let's program them from the darkest backstory to the brightest backstory, levels one to five, one being the worst and five being the best. Welcome to Experiment 12.0984. Tonight's five contestants will be Robots Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, and Epsilon. All right, our first contestant, Robot Alpha, has been programmed to level five. 100% parent involvement in his life. In fact, they are woven together like one unit. Much sacrifice has been made to make sure the family unit remained whole and wholesome. Here, society was not greater than their own love. Like a healthy force, they lived symbiotically together, nurtured, connected, and intimate. Power on, Robot Alpha! Next we have Robot Beta has been programmed to level 4. 75% parental involvement in its life connected when everybody can be together. Filling the 25% void with activities pleasing to the child, a guilt offering from the parents. The best schools, the best nannies, the best toys. Here, here society has equality with the family unit and social standing is vital to their love. Like a golf course, well-managed, well-maintained, well-groomed, and well, a picture of perfection, but just a picture. Power on, Robot Beta. Let me introduce to you Robot Delta, who has been programmed at level 3. 50% parental involvement in his life connected with others in their social circle are watching. They pretend family for pictures and events. Otherwise, Delta has its life and the parents have their life. Neglect is certain, but in equal parts with nurture. So while they are ignored, they do take family vacations with lots of pictures of school. <laughs> Here, society calls the shots. What's popular is in their child's lunchbox, and the shoes are up to date. Only the best of all public programs for their child, like a monocrop tree farm, this generation just might turn out pretty darn well. But future generations will likely fail to measure up. But power up, Robert Delta. We can't forget our next contestant, not again, Robot Gamma, who has been programmed to level two. 25% parental involvement in its life, disconnected when others are around, stuffed into rooms, basements, closets, or cages. The only reason its parents had children is for their own personal gratification, whether that was some welfare scam or ritualistic abuse for their dark arts. <laughs> and no, they are not artists. GABA will have enough nurture and intimacy for survival, but nothing more. Zero paternal connection and only abusive maternal connection. Like the groundwater water supply and forest outside a chemical plant, it's toxic. Power on, Robot Gamma. Last and least is Robot Epsilon, who has been programmed to level one, zero parental involvement in his life, zero coddling since birth, no love, no touch, no talking to, total abandonment and total neglect. In actual cases of these sorts, there is a 99% mortality rate. Dry, parched, and empty of hope is like a desert. <laughs> Power on, Robot Epsilon. Oh, dear. As feared, he suffered total system failure and has died. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let the experiment begin.
Now, because each robot has been programmed with different environmental circumstances, their reactions to our experiment will now vary, depending on their wants and needs, their desires. How might each act when given a stimuli now, such as this picture of a family? Ah, Alpha smiled and laughed, it seems, at some goofy memory, maybe, of a family photo shoot? Beta is a bit indifferent, but focuses on one particular individual I suppose he feels he can relate to. Gamma gave it a... Well, it's a gesture. We'll leave it at that. Delta is watching the others react and make some quirky comment arousing some response, but clearly he has no real connection to this picture, or pictures in general. Epsilon is still dead. We can continue this experiment until I've lost all my listeners, but I think the point has been made. Our environment, our situations have played a large role in the impact of our character. Contrary to pseudoscience, body type does not make character, but can play a role in how we value our self-worth, thus develop our character. Is this to say that those individuals with the worst backstory have the worst characters? No. While the odds are against them, proof to the contrary exists across timelines and cultures. Ultimately, the decision to go one way or the other is entirely in the hands of the beholder. Our attitude, how we interpret and allow it to affect us. Our posture. Pain and suffering is a fruit of desire. Control your attitude and even the worst of times can become an adventure vacation. Or at least survivable. I have answered who I am, where I am, and why this is happening. Let me add a new question to be answered that I think will broaden our understanding of the situation. How do manipulators manipulate us? Hmm. Well, join us, Pandora, Narcissus, and the others as we continue to explore character. And before Pandora puts a lid on us, don't forget, you control you.